Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of CQ Podcast. Uh, this is your host Fatman and M94. Hey M94, so uh, what, what do we have to talk about today? Okay, I think from the outset it's going to get a bit more political than the last episode, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, being on a political role, I don't know, hope no one kidnaps us and beat the out of us. Uh, so yeah, so what are we going to talk about today? Okay, so it's been a year of the Rajapaksha's being back in power. Uh, plus, they've kind of managed to pass the 20th Amendment in the Constitution uh, with the Muslim votes in Parliament. Whatever said and done, they had the need for minority votes to pass the new Constitution uh, coming into effect. Plus, they also got, yeah, before the Constitution passing, they got a Huge majority in Parliament as well, so the control of both the presidency and the prime ministership, uh, plus the Parliament, is uh, all within one party now. So you mentioned minority votes. What's that? Uh, so minority representing to ethnicity. So majority minority. So only Muslims on no one representing Tamil people. Oh yeah. So there was one of the pa- Tamil party's member also voted for the change in. Uh, the new amendment to the constitution. Um, so majority SLPP plus uh, one member from SJB, uh, members from several Muslim parties, one person from one Tamil party all voted for the 20th amendment which passed in uh, parliament. Um, a month back, yeah? Yeah, it was a while back now. Uh, so changes are taking place and uh, Okay, recap of like our law and constitution, I guess, we are on the second, yeah, second run of the constitution. So that was the first constitution that came under the British after they left. And that was like a uh, in-between constitution that we kind of made with the British and with the locals. And then the second constitution happened with JR coming into power and they very nationalistic movement. So it brought in uh, to the forefront Buddhism and this nationalistic movement for the majority. And uh, that's the constitution that's been amended every time. So when you hear 19th Amendment or 20th Amendment, it's amending the second constitution of Sri Lanka. Which is more nationalistic. Yeah, it is definitely favoring the majority and running on a very nationalistic view. Uh, Definitely not secular, definitely not equal enough for a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious country like Sri Lanka, it definitely kind of betrays its own people. Uh, so that's what's important, like a very small background. I think lawyers or whoever's into law, law students will tell you more about it. Um, but the 20th Amendment itself, uh, there's a lot of things happening. But most important to understand is that a lot of the prime minister's powers are gone down and the president is taking over control of literally how this country is going to be Before, the prime ministers have more power. Yeah. So the 19th Amendment came into power, uh, bringing back more power to the prime minister, giving him control of uh, the governance. So that's where... What's the difference between a prime minister and a president? So the prime minister is uh, what the people actually uh, vote in for when they vote for the parliamentary elections. So the party winning, so the majority in the parliament 
is represented uh, by the prime minister so whoever the ideally uh, under the 18th amendment at least the president appoints the parliament the prime minister who he thinks can uh, govern the parliament oh, okay. so in parliament there are 225 members elect uh, elected with the national list of course uh, so national list are people who don't contest they get drafted in by a, a percentage of the total votes uh, so each party will contest in all the districts in all the zones uh, for so each district will have a certain number of uh, mps that can be elected uh, so this time most of it went to slpp and there were huge margin uh so they have a majority this was like yeah recently of covid during covid they had yeah during covid the election was run pretty well actually it costed definitely a lot more than they budgeted it cost about 10 billion rupees to run there what 10 billion rupees to yeah, i didn't know elections cost so much like they cost a ton lord for paper to printing to security to the election officers to the election polling station to pay the people who are actually doing the work so they budgeted all the 7 billion rupees but it uh, obviously exceeded because of covid uh, there's more safety requirements in billion i didn't know that like like a- the government spent 10 billion of our rupees to put that yeah it's a, it's a democratic right it's practicing i am not against it i am surprised that it cost a lot. it, it definitely cost a lot to be a democracy uh, but it's totally worth it uh, the will of the people i guess now in parliament uh, and the president also um, so 20th amendment itself brings back a lot of powers to the executive president executive president means he gets way more perks than just a president like so I, yeah so what happened with sirisena and pranil was that sirisena didn't have enough of authority to overrule the parliament and the prime minister so they were kind of in a stalemate even though they came to came to an alliance saying oh we are getting rid of mahinda and the rajapaksas to build a good governance uh it kind of ended up being a stalemate with ranil and sirisena just fighting each other like children so they never agreed upon things and it was just i don't know what people expected a lot of progress and clean governance and things like that yeah. it didn't pan out as much as people hoped for so they kind of let down about all of these things and obviously slbp after the bomb blast presented quota as this uh clean safe uh, ruler who would actually keep our country safe and they won the presidency running on that whole view of being this safe guardian of sri lanka almost uh, and that extended with the parliamentary election as well unp after 70 years being one of the major parties uh, ended up winning zero uh, parliamentary seats they got one parliamentary seat which they still can't fill in because there's conflict within the UNP saying who has to go in for that seat so they still haven't confirmed to the parliament as who is their parliamentary member from the national list they got one national list member the UNP is no more uh Sri Lanka Freedom Party was the big party of Chandrakaha and Mahinda and all that's also kind of broken down and kind of in ruins uh Sirisena is the chairman but that party is kind of not to be seen because SPP took over Bodhinavadi took over 
Kodinavadi uh, is done by literally all the Rajapaksas. Uh, the chief coordinator is Basil. Prime Minister Mahinda is now the head of the party, I guess. Uh, so he's the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, so politically, I guess it's all within one party, one family almost, the governance, the control, uh, so which is scary, which is definitely scary because their views could be uh, aligned to a very one view, so you think what they like will go and what they don't like will not happen, so which is very scary to think about for a... So, but yeah, even though it's scary, but do you think, uh, like I'm honestly asking, do you think uh, they could uh, do something good for the country? Good. They definitely do. Like having a majority in parliament and the presidency uh, gives you that authority to actually overhaul the entire system and to establish a really good system for the people. That's a definite. They have the potential to do it. Now they have the, they keep saying will of the people because they won the parliamentary election with the overall majority uh, and what they ran, people voted. So they definitely have the basis to do a lot of good, that's for sure. But the track record is not good. So what we've seen uh, after the war, Mahinda coming into power, uh, all of those years, is scary. It's just simply plain scary. So journalists going missing to no reconciliation with the North, no development with the North, uh, tons of public debt, literally signing over really bad deals, lots of money laundering, uh, Corruption in the system, uh, a lot of major big projects going over budget and a lot of money missing. Just, there's a lot of things that happen that makes people worry about the uh, whole power being given to one family, one party again. So that's exactly what the 20th Amendment does. It gives over a lot of power to the executive presidency, Gotabaya, to literally run on his sick. Literally. So he has no checks and balances. Uh, the 19th Amendment, for example, uh, as simple as fundamental rights laws against the presidency, in the 19th Amendment, you can file for something uh, fundamental rights against the presidency. So as a human being, if you feel the president has violated your rights, you can file in a petition. Uh, under the 20th Amendment, that goes off. It's completely gone. The president's had four uh, duties that he has to uphold uh, under the 19th Amendment to hold, to uphold the Constitution, uh, to promote reconciliation and integration, uh, and to... Reconciliation and? Uh, integration. Integration. Uh, ensure functioning of the Constitutional Council and uh, to support conduct uh, free and fair elections. So that was four duties of the President under the 19th Amendment, which is normal. So he doesn't have to hold up uh, free and fair elections. He doesn't have to hold up con- the constitution, nor does he have to worry about reconciliation or anything else. So he has no duties. So if there is no elections anymore, they can continue to rule like yeah. the president. Technically, it's not the president's duty to hold an election again. So if he doesn't want an election, he can continue to be. Yeah, involved. technically he can. There's no laws against it. Yeah, yeah, now that they have the power of the parliament also, they can keep changing the laws according to what they want. Um, so that's what's the problem, is that there's no checks and balances for the president anymore. So he can't be literally 
uh, said he's doing a wrong thing and be convicted of wrong and be thrown out if he's doing wrong things. No, there's no impeachment process per se. Per se, no, no, not exactly. Um, the councils are gone. The indi- yeah, the independent councils are also gone. So the independent councils run uh, independent to all the other other bodies and from the leaders and governance. So basically, the judicial system. Is yeah, like- the parliamentary. So the, there's a parliamentary council. There's the police council. The uh, that's another thing. The independent council that investigates a lot of things. Okay. So what's happening now with the presidential council investigating the Easter attacks? Something like that. Uh, all of that is uh, not going to be independent anymore. Okay. Uh, it's going to be appointed by the president or appointed by or recommended by the president. So it's not going to be independent enough to uphold democratic uh, ideals. So there's a really good report on um, VDEM. So VDEM.com does a really good report on the liberal democracy rating. Uh, Sri Lanka is going to drop like a stone. So we've been doing really good so far. We've been somewhere in the 70s, rating pretty high, rating way better than Singapore, rating way better than a lot of countries you think who are more liberal democratic uh, because of our independent uh, councils and independent investigations that run uh, apart from the government. So now that's gone. Uh, I'm expecting that rating to really drop because uh, our governance right now is completely under literally one man's rule. Uh, yeah, it looks a lot like a dictatorship. But still, uh, hopefully there'll be elections in four or five years' time. Hopefully. Uh, and we can, yeah, again, the people will be uh, put up for more ideas to come about and say, okay, we don't like this anymore. It might change. It might not. Uh, the Rajapaksa family does a good job. Uh, does equality, justice. Uh, does good things for the climate, for the land, for the people. Man, if he does that, I will vote for him. Like literally. That, so that that's what I'm not like. I'm not against. Even I think, but SJB, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, SJB is the, the party. Uh, party. And what's the um, uh, Rajpaksa's party's name? Uh, Porto, uh, SLPP. SLPP. So I am not against SLPP or anything like that. I'm just as... I, I don't care if it's the National Party or not. If it's good, if, if they're doing a good job for the people, I'm obviously going to vote for them. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other things that was brought in the 20th Amendment was dual citizens can contest the parliament and presidential election. So that was a law just brought in for Basil Rajpaksha. It was a dual citizen. So he can now contest parliament and presidential elections. So that was definitely brought just for one person in the family. So that's scary. That's that's what I'm talking about. There's things that come about saying they want to run a clean system, but then there's more and more family involved in the government. So it doesn't look like it's a clean system. Uh, ideally, you want good people, you want clean people who are actually passionate about the job, doing the job. Mm-hmm. Not just because they're related. To me, they're running the system. So that just feels wrong. Um, urgent bills. Another thing was introduced was urgent bills. So literally, you don't have to cassette it for a long time. So you're not giving a grace period while it's being cassetted. So if you give 14 days period, 
there's more people who can petition against it and say, oh, this is a wrong law, and then they can go to courts and mm-hmm. try and uh, stop it. But now that's been reduced to seven days, and there's a introduction of urgent bills. So technically, if the president thinks, oh, this is an important bill, they can just pass it on without any knowledge of anyone, literally. So and it's scary. So within a couple of days, he can literally turn the constitution around or literally turn around the entire, I don't know, justice system if he wants to. Um, so obviously, those are very, very scary things that are in this amendment and which passed in parliament. Uh, constitution, yeah. So recognition of, so there's no investigation anymore in bribery and corruption. Uh, the secretary to the president and the prime minister no longer is required to be audited. So that's pretty scary. So that's no checks and balances for the prime minister or the president and what they do. So it just feels, feels, uh, I don't know, people should feel are done by this amendment. They're, say, they're saying democratic things and we uphold and democracy, so, whatever, whatnot. But what do you think the majority feels like? The majority of the people. I'm not talking about single, I'm like the whole Yeah, the whole country-wise. The thing is that I think education is a problem because we don't we didn't know much about this amendment. It's not talked about enough in rural conditions. It's not talked about enough apart from the lawyers and the liberals and whoever's running politics. It's not talked about in the rural country. You go and ask a farmer in the middle of Polna River, he would not care about this. He would not know about this. He only cares about probably his paddy and his fertilizer. Uh, and then the thing that they they voted for the party. Mm. So the party is going to do what it was telling all about. So they might have hit the fact that they're going to try and run a very socialist, I don't know, a dictatorship. But they're kind of running a very exclusive executive presidency with all power. And he has control of the army. He has put whoever he likes. Uh, so obviously he's running a very tight ship on what he likes. So given, I don't know, I want to be optimistic and I want to say, okay, this yeah, government will do when If the president has a majority over of the parliament, obviously he can do stuff for the president. That's why even in America, that's why the Georgian, the Georgia race is so important because if the Democratic Party wins, right, the Senate, they, yeah. yeah, the Senate, they have majority of the Senate, so they can bring in a lot of reforms. Yeah. So reforms that that party opposed. Of course, sure. So that's right. Even in any system, even if it's an executive presidency or Westminster-style parliamentary president, obviously having a majority will allow that party who controls to do a lot of reforms or change a lot of things uh, uh, within that time period of governance. That's a good thing. That's definitely a good thing where there's a bit of stability. Like look at Singapore. It's always been the uh, PWP, the Workers' Party. It's always been running, uh, they've always been winning. So there's been a lot of stability politically for them to gain. Uh, and there's a lot of good people who are running political, uh, like in control of governance and stuff. So that gives them the base for investment to uh, economics, to everything that they need to do because they don't have that drift of politics changing every five years. In Sri Lanka, it literally does that. Every five years, a new party comes up and then saying they won and then change a whole lot of laws, change everything, you start over again. There's no planning for like future. There's no 20, 30 year plan put out. Uh, so most of, I don't know, what do you think of like liberal democracies in the uh, Western stuff, Europe, they have 20, 30, 40, 50 year plans. 
So depending on how well that party is doing with that 50-year plan is only people vote for. It's not like, oh, I'm going to say something and get changed again. So every five years, literally Sri Lanka has been changing plans. So you one, one, one government will sign a contract and the other government will come and cancel it. And then we'll, the, the people's money is only going. So we are spending people's money to settle debts that uh, brought in by one government and the other government disagrees. Same thing with the MCC, same thing with China. Like each government has its own thing. Each party has its own thing, not technically government. It's just each party's goals and each party's objective. Because we don't have a long-term plan. It's very short term and obviously within the five years, they try and put in a 50-year plan within the five years. Because they probably know they're going to lose again in another five years. Uh, so now since the 20th Amendment passed, passed uh, there's a chance of the Rajapaksa family continuing the presidency. Yeah, it's so, a very good chance they're saying, oh, we don't need elections anymore. Okay, so, okay, when they say that, if the Radhavaksa family does stuff that is good for the country, I know they have a really bad track record, but if they, like, some sort of miracle happens, I mean, being very optimistic, yeah, yeah. there is a chance that is like, a, even though even the probability is very low, uh, there could be a change in the country. Yeah, it depends on, I guess, what we stand for as a country as well. Like, no, because I don't personally, like, I, it's like, that's what, I didn't know anything about this. Like, uh, anything what they said, I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing like these things and stuff, but because I didn't know what was the 20th Amendment, right? right. 20th Amendment, but, but how, what sort of impact that it has on So, so my, uh, my viewpoint is that, wow, we are going to two minutes now. Uh, my viewpoint is that, uh, like if it if if even though it's authoritative government, yeah. If if it could if it's good for the people, it's good for the people. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I will. Yeah, I I have no problems with like a socialist government or I don't know different forms of governance as long as it's working for the people and it has to be all people living in this country. It can't be just a sect. It can't be just one race or one ethnicity or one religion that it's solely focusing on. But it never, like, even, like, track record-wise, even history-wise, it never worked out. Exactly. That, that's the scary bit. It's never been a... That's why I guess democracy came to being, is that everybody has a say, and if the people don't like the government, they have a chance of uh, changing it. That's, that's the ideals behind our democracy, I guess, that the people have to say in the end. But the problem is that democracy is very manipulative. So whatever the politicians say, people are blindly following that. Again, comes down to education that people need to test and see oh, what they're saying is right or wrong and we have to make up our mind. And it can't be mind made up on your soul well-being. Kind of have to be based on a holistic view. So that's why I think Sri Lanka doesn't have an identical identity politically or like in the future or like what do we base this on. Like So we can't make decisions on that because Sri Lanka is still trying to find its identity after, I don't know, 300 years of colonialism, then now 70 years of nationalism, we still don't know who we are. So, which is strange. Yeah, the total identity crisis. Yeah, which, which is strange. We have 2,000, 3,000 years of history, colonialism happened, and then now nationalism, and we still don't know who we are. And that's what I still can't understand why. Speaking of that, let's go to the next topic. Yeah. Yes, so M94, 
so the next topic so we are living on a pandemic right now and people are very hopeful for vaccines right now uh, so oh yeah so yeah yes obviously pandemic time covid 19 been a year it's been a year since china recognized as a bit of a problem with this virus uh Wuhan went in lockdown last december and then in march who recognized uh the outbreak as a pandemic and we've been yeah it's lockdown lockdown is officially the word of the year i think oxford they couldn't figure out like one so they had like a lot of words i think lockdown was in the uh, protests when there could be a lemon stuff um yeah working from home all of this been like so what what being used to now but positives definitely we've been on a, i don't miracles run with like vaccines and them being developed uh there's two big types so there's viral vectors and there's mrna uh so the pfizer the company pfizer the american company plus the moderna company they have what is called an mrna vaccine so what that vaccine is uh it kind of uh builds on this dna of the virus and uh it's injected into your body so that your immune system understands the virus as a bad thing and it releases uh and it is generating uh, antibodies against it uh so mrna is a very very new technology so it's kind of messing with the, the dna of the virus itself and injecting into you to uh, let the body know okay this is the bad thing so you're going to work against this virus when it when you come in contact with it the other thing other uh, virus uh, the vaccine type is uh viral vectors uh so uh, the biggest company that it's doing is uh, oxford the oxford vaccine is a viral vector where you it's old technology where you take uh, the virus itself and you inject in you a less uh, potent uh, amount of it so yeah how normal vaccines work yeah that's how normal vaccines work that's just the old tech uh uh so doctor uh Oxford team with AstraZeneca uh building a viral vector so that's how usually been done the great thing about all of this is they've been able to develop this so fast because they've been kind of prepared for this as well so Oxford I've been reading up on Oxford a lot so I've been reading up on uh how they developed it and even the lead scientist was telling the story about how they came up with it as well so they were already um uh, they were already up to a certain level so they didn't start from zero So that's a good thing they were already kind of prepared with other uh, other viruses and they were anyway looking into uh, research into that so when the chinese scientists delivered the genome of the new covid-19 SARS-CoV-2 uh, they were able to get on to work very fast um, so a lot of positives coming out with these vaccines moderna and uh, pfizer saying 95% efficacy and the uh, Uh, Oxford one saying from almost 62 to 90% efficacy depending on the dosage uh there's still time uh there's still time in production that's the only problem now it's all about exactly now the big problem is distribution and there's also there's several other companies in phase 3 so there'll be there's an indian company very promising there's the russian sputnik 5 
Sinovac from China. Uh, so there's Johnson Johnson has a vaccine also. So there's plenty of vaccines that are going to be in the market soon. The problem is distribution, logistics. How are everybody in the world going to get a vaccine? That's the big problem. So one of the most exciting things that's happening with WHO is the COVAX agreement. So the COVAX agreement works towards building that network, building that distribution of the vaccine to everyone on Earth. So I'm really relying on that program to happen. So Sri Lanka would actually get a whole load of vaccine here as well. So we can be COVID free. Um, I'm not sure how, so that's more test. Obviously that needs to be done with vaccines because people have been reporting allergies. There's been uh, not enough tests done to see if people are, people can avoid the infection at all. Or if they, even if you're back, even if you're vaccinated, can you spread the virus? That's an important question that has to be answered as well. So a lot of positives and a lot of good things to look next year. So you'll be hearing more and more things about people getting vaccinated and hopefully we'll have enough and more uh, manufactured and distributed. Yeah, so that's looking good. That's a definite uptick for the new year. But another uptick is things that are happening above us. What do you got? Yeah, so... Uh, so China recently had a lunar mission, uh, yeah. so an unmanned mission, space thing. Fun. So I just read off. Uh, well, there was a meteor shower, by the way. It's Gemini meteor shower, which is very exciting. And then the conjunctions happening. So Saturn and Jupiter are coming closest. So you'll literally see them uh, together. Uh, I think it's happening eight hundred years that are getting so close. So you're almost like one big star, almost. Yeah, so... Star of planets. So yeah, two planets coming together. They'll kind of form this really brilliant-looking light, almost. So it kind of looks like the star. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's to look forward to December 21st. So after the Americans, only the second person to land on the moon... Oh. Like an automated person, <laughs> a robot who manages by the humans to the moon. Yeah. Not yet, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> Soon. So apparently they planted a flag also. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. So second flag on the moon. Yeah. So mostly it's a very scientific exploration because they took samples from the moon and they took it down for research and stuff like that. Uh, speaking of space, also I, I wanted to talk about uh, Starlink. So Starlink is basically a constellation of satellites around the world, uh, which provides internet coverage for the whole world, basically. Yeah. So how? So between each satellite, uh, it communicates via lasers. Wow. So and uh, down to earth, they use LTE, basically your phone. That you use on phone. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they give you a dish, uh, it auto-aligns auto to the linear satellite. Right. So it's more dry space. Because you don't have to, uh, so there'll be local dishes on Earth that you're connecting to the satellites. Right. Uh, one of the few advantages is this low latency because uh, because it's just going up and across right. the now rather than now what you go, it, go, it goes down to your ISP, it goes to some other sort of stuff, then it goes to your under sea cables and it's like so latency but it's very high well, what we do is very high uh, so but uh, since it's just up across and down uh, latency is like very very low uh, one of, that's one of the things 
one of the negatives that people are thinking is uh, space debris because I think I'm not very sure. Don't quote me on this, but uh, a lifespan of a satellite is uh, around 25 years to 30 years. Okay. okay. So after that, uh, it's like a building life. Right yeah. So after that, uh, they should do something about it because obviously you can't crash it down the earth. People yeah. might die. Uh, Doesn't it burn up? That's what they're thinking. Will you know re-entry? Will it burn up? So I'm not sure. So, for now, only uh, SpaceX, Starlink, so it's actually a company by Elon Musk called yeah. Starlink. Uh, they have only, uh, they are the first person to, uh, first people, I mean, first company company's to, and they have a, like, a working prototype done. Right. Now they have just have to expand it. Uh, and apparently Amazon and Virgin, or so I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know for sure Amazon is doing something similar to this. Right. And uh, Virgin also, I think. I'm not really sure. Don't quote me. Uh, no, space thing happening. No, space thing happening. Space, I think, I, when you think about it, like space is very interesting. So, yeah. Like the the dragon capsule. Like, yeah. That's that. That is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Like unmanned uh, docking with the space international space station. That's like crazy. Yeah. Those astronauts just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, and it's like the whole thing just futuristic. Like, I know it's it looks really just like it's just the touch screen. That's yeah. it. There's no knocks, no buttons, no. That looks really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine and like Elon Musk is crazy. He's just nuts. Now that he has a lot of money, he can waste it the way he wants to. So yeah, so that's gonna be uh, episode uh, episode three. Yeah. Oh man, we went quite a bit long, like thirty-five minutes. Wow, that's a that, that's a lot of. Not a fun. Talk about the twentieth of Like I think I learned a lot. Like. <laughs> Politically. Politically, because I was honestly, uh, M94, I was like totally uh, clueless about the 20th yeah. Amendment. Yeah, I think that's the general view like I have is that not enough people care and not enough people know about things that are happening because politics is ideally the governance of people and the things of people, how to literally, affairs of the people. I think that's not the... Uh, definition of politics is so uh, hopefully this informal way of speaking about it helped you guys uh, see you in the next episode see ya <laughs>